Hello and welcome back to the Dear Fellow Black Single Mom podcast. I am your host, Cass, and this is episode eight. And of course, I want to thank you for coming back. If this is your first time checking out the podcast, welcome. And also just thank you all so much for continuing to come back and listen to my story. I truly hope that it is helping and also that my story is reaching fellow black single moms out there worldwide because this podcast is mainly for you i do appreciate the fellas who have been listening to i've noticed that there have been some guys tuning in as well so thank you all for your support as well A lot of times when we think about domestic violence, we only think about physical abuse, which is awful and terrible and nobody should have to experience that. But I think a more common form of domestic violence and abuse is the mental and verbal aspect of domestic violence. And it's one that I don't think we openly talk about enough in public spaces and because of that we often find we can often find ourselves in situations where that is taking place and I know for myself growing up I didn't have the best examples of what healthy relationships look like and so that definitely affected and impacted who I ultimately would choose to date and I didn't have open discussions where I was taught like this is not only not okay but this kind of behavior is abusive behavior and that you shouldn't accept it because I came from a traditional Haitian family and the only thing I was ever told about relationships basically was don't date until you're like in your 30s and of course that's not realistic and that's not enough to prepare you for the dating world especially as a young woman like I wanted to find love I wanted what the fairy tales and the movies showed me but what I didn't realize was that I also had learned that certain behaviors were okay even though they weren't and so that's why when I talk about going back to my ex three times a total of three times it's like I went back to him because I downplayed the seriousness of some of the red flags that I'm going to talk about in this episode and I downplayed how bad it was impacting me I thought that if only I tried and I did better and I basically put it on myself to be sure I put it on myself to be responsible for his happiness, even though now I know that it is not my responsibility to make somebody else happy, because honestly, that is something that you as a person, you have to be responsible for that and you have to find what makes you happy and put time and energy towards that. And that's something that as a single mom, especially, I've had to make sure that I do because as much as I love my son, 
he can't be my only source of happiness and it's not fair for me to even put that kind of responsibility on my son and so once I realized that I was like you know I made it my responsibility to make my son's father happy and that was never going to be a situation that I would win in but I also put up with a lot of things that is kind of embarrassing to talk about because I have always been perceived as a strong black woman who has it all together and I'm sure a lot of people would be surprised and were surprised to find out that I had been in such a toxic and an abusive relationship and I will say that it can happen to anyone honestly if we don't start having more of these discussions and we don't start equipping our children with more information and just talking to them more about what is a healthy relationship and what is not a healthy relationship, the cycle will continue. And so my hope is that with sharing this part of my story that more people will actually have these discussions but also like women if you are in this kind of situation if anything if even one of the red flags that i mentioned you feel or you see like that is happening in your relationship i hope that you'll leave and you won't stay because i definitely thought you know after i brought home my son that our relationship would get better and that we would both try to make the relationship better for the sake of wanting to raise our son in a two-parent household. But eventually I got to a point, which I'll, I'll explain how I got to that point, but eventually I got to a point where I realized staying together for the sake of my son was not going to be good and that it would be better for my son to have two parents who are not together but who are happy not being together because the t the situation was honestly it was getting really toxic and it was getting to the point where the arguments were happening more frequently and they were happening in front of my son and I wasn't okay with that. I don't know how my son's father felt about it, but from my perspective, it seemed like he didn't really care and that it was more important that he got his point across, whatever it was. So this episode is super important to me and I really hope that, you know, for some women that you realize that you're not alone in your, situ your situation, and that you can also do something about your situation and that it's not too late to walk away and that you don't have to stay for the children and that it's okay for you to put yourself first. Um, and it's okay to decide that this is not healthy. Even if it's just one red flag, one red flag is enough to walk away. And so now let me jump in. So last week I spoke about the first few weeks being a new mom and just some of the challenges that I experienced and also finally getting to a place where I was finally comfortable with being a mom and comfortable with taking care of my son and comfortable with some of the challenge that I dealt with, um, especially around like breastfeeding. I did at one point feel like man I should be able to do this but 
I'm not and just being comfortable with deciding to give him formula. And so now I'm going to talk about another aspect of what was happening in my life. So after about, I would say a week and a half after we got home from the hospital, the problems started again. And this time it was different because my son's father was now living with me and my family. So it's like there really was no, I didn't, I personally didn't feel like I had privacy. Like we were basically all in one room, me and my son and my son's father, and he had moved his things in. And so I didn't feel like I had really anything that was my own anymore he was using my car all the time and there was nothing that felt like my own space where I could just be myself and I would say that that's a red flag if you don't feel like you can be yourself and like you have to walk around like on eggshells and you have to limit different parts of yourself around your significant other that's an area to explain like why and I, and I felt that way I felt like man not only do I not have space to be myself but I really don't feel like I can be myself and the reason why was any time in the past where I showed different parts of my personality being like I shared my opinions or my worldview or um, I'm a very sarcastic person and I like to laugh and joke around and like any parts of those of my personality, those parts of my personality, my ex would complain about. And he just made me feel like basically what he wanted me to do was to be quiet and just nod and agree with whatever it is that's going on in his life and or whenever he talked to me. So I got to that place where I really didn't share that much of myself anymore because it always seemed like when I did in the past, it was negatively received. So I was, of course, at this time, spending a lot of time taking care of our son and adjusting to motherhood and just really trying to figure out how I wanted to be a mother. And I, I don't know if I could say that my ex was jealous, but he definitely was not understanding. And so he would constantly say, like, what about me? Like, you're spending all this time with the baby. What about my needs? And I would explain to him, like, I'm new at being a mom. I've never done this before. I'm trying to figure it out. I hear what you're saying, and I'm sorry that you feel that way. But I really feel like I need to take some time to really figure out, you know, this whole breastfeeding thing and, and figuring out how to take care of our son. But I promise, like, I'll do what I can. And it's not like I did absolutely nothing for him. But the things that I did do were underappreciated or overlooked or belittle, belittled. And the things that he wanted, specifically, he wanted to be more intimate and he wanted to go out more and he wanted to spend more one-on-one -on -one time together. And I was just like, I'm sorry, like right now, I can't do those things specifically. And whenever I tried to explain my point of view to him, he said I was just making up excuses. I was complaining and I wasn't listening to his side of things. And ultimately, 
it would just become like the blame game where I was to blame for him not feeling so good, where I was to blame for our relationship falling apart. And and it was like we were having these arguments several times a week and it was always my fault, whatever it was. It was always my fault. And so he also was criticizing me for the way that I looked, some of the ways that I was like taking care of our son and all those things, especially the comments about my body. I mean, as a woman, after you give birth, like you're super sensitive about your body because your body changes so much after giving birth. And instead of being supportive and being affirming, he was the complete opposite. And, um, just making very negative comments. He knew that I was in pain and that my wound um, hadn't really healed from the stitches. And yet he had absolutely no sympathy for me, I would say, um, whatsoever. And in a healthy relationship, your partner can do that. I would say in an unhealthy relationship, a red flag to look for is if every conversation where you bring up a problem that you're having with your mate and they belittle or dismiss what you say or completely just flip it on you and blame you and make you seem like you're the problem, those are red flags because a healthy adult can say, okay, I see what you're saying. Let me take that and Let me think about that and come back to you if they have nothing to say or let me take that into consideration like you may also have a point not to say that I was always right but the fact that he couldn't sympathize with me at all and be like you know what let me figure out a way to make this easier for her so that she can have more time to be intimate showed me that at some level he really didn't care about me and it was more about the things that I did for him or what I could do for him that kept him around eventually I did make that connection and so now that I was more preoccupied with our son he didn't feel like he was getting what he needed for me and so he didn't it was almost like he didn't feel like he had a need for me anymore and in the past he had also cheated on me whenever he felt like he wasn't getting what he needed for me um during my pregnancy he cheated on me with at least two other women i'm not i don't know how many more women but and he would uh, actually also um validate like well you weren't doing this so i had to go and i had to find a way to get my needs met and i think that that's a red flag if your partner cheats on you and they don't even feel remorse and they can actually and would rather argue as to why it was okay for them to do that that's a red flag don't ignore that And so um, he was also always putting me down. A lot of the times there was really no um, affirmation, no like, hey, you're doing a good job. And not saying that I needed that all the time, but it was a big change. You know, I'm doing my best and I didn't think I was doing a bad job. And it would have been nice to have that support, especially during like such a difficult time in life. And So I would say, you know, look at how people treat you when you're going through tough times and challenges. Are they uplifting you? Are they encouraging you? 
Because if they're not doing those things, especially if it's your partner and they know you're already struggling instead of helping you, they're deciding to basically push you down further. I would say that's a red flag. Um, What other things? He would also, he loved to lecture me on my errors. And I use the word lecture because that's exactly what it was. It was, I sit down and I listen to what he has to say. And in none of what he said, would it be his fault? It would always be my fault. It got to a point where our arguments would turn into yelling and he would not mind yelling in front of our son. And I think that that's a red flag personally, because As an adult, you should be able to have disagreements and talk about them without it reaching to a level where you're yelling at each other. There were times where he would call me out of my name and he would call me out of my name in front of our son. And that was one of the things that really bothered me more than a lot of the other things that were going on because he didn't mind and it just flew off his mouth so easily and I thought to myself like wow you don't even mind saying that in front of our son who is going to learn how to be a man and how to treat women primarily from you and that was a really big red flag for me and one that really hurt my feelings honestly because I would never have expected him to do that especially not in front of our son and again it was one of those situations where he was okay with the fact that he did it he was not um remorseful whatever his moods were very unpredictable i never knew what i was walking into when he would come home from using my car all day he would bring the tape back on e as well and when i brought this up like again he would not take responsibility whenever I brought up any problem or any issues that I had it always was flipped back on me where it was like well if you did x y and z then I wouldn't do this and or well you know I'm going through a hard time why can't you be more understanding why can't you be more supportive and so it was never any acknowledgement of any of the things that I was going through I also later discovered that he was stealing money from me. And I didn't know when it was happening. I used to keep my debit card like on my, on the back of my phone. And I had other cards in there. So I would never notice when he would do it, but he would do it. And he took like several hundred dollars. And that was really hurtful, especially at that time, because when I was on maternity leave and I only had like, a couple of paychecks that I was going to receive while I was on maternity leave. My job did not pay for the entire maternity leave. I think I only got six weeks worth of pay, four weeks of which were full-time pay. And then after that, the two final payments were 60% of what I usually made. And I hadn't planned for purchasing formula every single month and I was the only one who was buying anything that our our son needed so he knew all of this information but he still instead of asking me for money he would just take it and honestly a lot of the times when he took the money 
it was so he could go smoke some weed or buy alcohol and not um, do something more productive, I would say. And that was really hurtful because when I would bring it up, he would lie about it. And so if your partner is stealing money or stealing anything from you, that's a red flag. Like that should not be happening. If they lied to you, that's a red flag. That should not be happening, especially if you're confronting them about an issue and they lie to your face. That's a red flag. And I knew it was him. And eventually he would confess once I was like, well, you know, I'm going to find a way I can see the bank records like there's a way that I can find out who it was that used my card at this certain time and so eventually he would fess up but again there was never any remorse it was always well you know well I needed it for this and I knew you wouldn't give me the money if I asked you and that I would say is again a red flag like never being able to take responsibility for your actions especially when you're clearly in the wrong is a red flag and you don't want to be with somebody who can't take any kind of responsibility for their actions and it was very hurtful for me once I find that out because I really was trying to manage a lot on my own and he saw this and he knew this but he didn't care and I think that's what really hurt from all these actions is the realization that this person who says that they care about you is not treating you well they're not treating you in a way that makes me feel like I'm cared for and um eventually I started to to think and I would spend a lot of time when I was at home by myself with our son and he was out using the car you know to do whatever and go wherever I was I was starting to put pieces together and I realized like this isn't normal I thought that once we got home with our son that things would improve but over the course of literally this was probably just a month it was four weeks over the course of four weeks our relationship just got to the worst state that it had ever been and I remember specifically it was late September of 2018 and I was taking a shower and shower times were the only times that I really had to myself and I was in the shower and I was just thinking like what my life would be like if I continued to stay with my son's father And I just, I saw my life and I saw myself as an old woman and I saw that I sacrificed and gave up basically all the goals and the dreams that I had for myself. And that made me very sad. And I realized like, if you stay with this man, there are so many things you are never going to get to do. And you only have one chance to do this thing called life. Is he worth it? And I was like, no. He's not worth all of my dreams and all of my goals. And the more that I thought about the mistreatment and how poor things had gone in our relationship, honestly, the more that my feelings for him changed, I I no longer really felt like that love that I felt like I had for so many months. Like I felt like I was starting to be disgusted with him, if anything, and that I really didn't like him. I was like, what is there to like? What is there to love? 
But I also at the same time realized that I would never have peace in my life if I if I kept being with him because there was always some drama, always something going on in his life and I always had to get dragged into it and I had to be the one who would figure it out and I would say that's a red flag if your partner is always in some drama and puts the responsibility on you to help them get through the drama like run it's not worth it it's not worth your peace because I was like my life was never this filled with drama but with him it was like there's always something going on in your life and whenever i tried to suggest anything or even just say like you know i'll pray for you but i hope you can figure it out you know because i've got a lot of things too he would just it wouldn't go over well and he would accuse me of not being a good partner not being supportive not being there and i'm like I have given this man so much and none of it was ever really acknowledged. None of it was really ever really appreciated. And so I'm thinking about all these things, all these things that have been happening for the last four weeks. And I I'm in the shower and I just I prayed to God, like, please, Lord, get me out of this relationship because for whatever reason, I know I should leave, but I just don't have the strength and I want to pause here and explain this a little bit more because it's like, well, obviously this man is not treating you well. Why wouldn't you leave? And the way that the cycle of abuse works is that that kind of mistreatment, it lowers your self-esteem. It lowers your ability to be able to think clearly i mean eventually you can get there but it definitely lowers your self-esteem and so i had no confidence i had no energy to actually step up and stand up for myself even though i knew i should i had been kicked down so low and around this toxicity for so long that I really didn't have it in me to do anything about it at that point in time. So I prayed and I reached out to God because I didn't know what else to do. And literally within a couple of days, October 3rd, 2018, the moment happened. He, uh, my son's father asked me for $40 to go buy weed. And I said, no. And he got upset and he said, you see, this is why in the past I would just take the money or something to that extent. And I honestly, I was just like, man, I was at a loss of words because I'm like, this, this man feels so entitled to things that are not his. And it's like, I'm not even spending money on myself. Literally, all of my money is going towards diapers, wipes, and formula and you think that I can spare $40 for you to go smoke weed and then he just went on a rant and I honestly don't remember what he said because I had tuned him out and the last thing I do remember is that he said you know what let's not be together and from that moment I was so thankful I was so thankful that he broke up with me even though he broke up with me 
basically because I wouldn't give him $40 to go buy weed, I was still thankful because this is what I had been praying to God for. And in that moment, I knew, I knew there was no way you could pay me a billion dollars and I would never go back to this man. Like there was no way. And to this day, ladies, that has held true. Like I have not gone back with this man. We broke up then and there and I was just so thankful. There was still a lot more that happened in that month because he was living with me and my family. But that was a turning point for me because at least by that point, I was basically, I was I was tired. I was tired of this cycle. I could see the truth for what it was. I could see that he was not good for me and he was not going to be good for me and that he was never going to change. And even though our son was here, he didn't change. I thought that maybe having our son here would be the thing to wake him up. And I saw now that, oh, it was a cycle. He would go through periods where he was super nice, but the moment that I did anything that he didn't want me to do, that would give him all the ammunition that he needed to start the abusive treatment and start the cycle. And so I started to see like, there's nothing I can do. There is absolutely nothing that I can do for this man to make him treat me the way that I deserve and the way that um, the way that I wanted, the way that I thought he was capable of. And I also realized like the person that I thought he was, he really wasn't And that all of these toxic and abusive characteristics that he was showing me and had been showing me consistently throughout our relationship that is who he truly was and although it took me a year to finally get to the point where i was like i'm done and i'm not going to continue to be his punching bag anymore um it really it, it just taught me so much and all the red flags that i mentioned to you guys like those are things that now I'm not dating right now, but once I do go back in the dating arena, like those are red flags. Like if I see just one of them, I'm walking away. I'm not staying because usually if there's one red flag, there's a whole bunch of others and you don't need to stick around to find out what the others are. Like one is honestly enough. And when I think back to like our earlier dating period, like there were a lot um, there were a lot of red flags. I mean, there was one red flag where we had gotten into a, a disagreement and he was driving the car at the time and he just started speeding and driving like really erratically and wild. And I'm yelling like, stop, please stop. And he's not. He's just continuing to go. And eventually he did stop. But that was definitely a very violent moment. And that happened like months and months prior, but in actually pretty early in our dating relationship. But I stayed because he apologized and his apology seemed really sincere, not realizing that honestly, with people like that, because men and women can be toxic and abusive, their issues are way bigger than you. And the amount of therapy and the amount of help that they would need to actually change is it, it's years it would take years and years and years so 
they're really good people like that are really good at making it seem like they understand like they get it and they've changed but stick around long enough and you realize that they really haven't changed and they can't change unless they get the help that they need but oftentimes that doesn't happen because those kinds of people don't view themselves as toxic or abusive they don't see that they are abusive people they just think that the problem always has to do with other people instead and so if you don't have a certain level of awareness self-awareness you're not going to go and seek the help that you actually need to do better and become a better person not saying that it doesn't happen I'm sure it does but for myself like I've gotten to the point where I'm like I don't have any feelings for my ex my son's father it's strictly a co-parenting relationship and i've had to set up boundaries to protect myself because he is still a toxic and abusive person and i do not um i don't let my guard down about that because he shows it to me all the time like every couple of months the moment that he doesn't get what he wants that's the kind of behavior that he resorts to so it's like those kinds of people unfortunately they don't change so stay away from them and if you're a woman and you're in a, an abusive relationship anything that i said you're like man i've been through that know that you can walk away and maybe you got to pray to god for the strength or the opportunity or the resource or people who can help you but you can walk away in your life gets so much better it will get so much better like these people are also really good at making you believe that without them you will be nothing your life will be nothing and I think that that's part of the reason why I stayed so long is because I really felt like man if I don't stay with this man like my life is not going to be that great even though my life was not great I thought that those moments where we got along and we were laughing and joking and you know, those few moments where we had those um, positive interactions, that that was how it would eventually be if I stuck it out. Like, that's how it would be consistently. But it never got to that point. And it won't ever get that to that point if that's what you think. Like, it's never going to get to that point because that person that you love isn't really the person that you love. And that person ultimately has issues that they need to deal with to be able to love healthily because even in the bible it talks about how it's not enough to love people you need to love them well and my ex would always tell me that he loved me he loved me but if you love me why are you putting me down constantly why are you blaming me for every problem in our relationship why are you stealing money from me why are you basically why are you mistreating me why are you abusing me if you love me if someone loves you they don't treat you that way that's not love and that's what i really had to to realize and and remember is that no matter what he did or what he said because I knew he would try to come back and get back together and apologize and do the same routine that he always did. I had to remember that he did not love me because love does not hurt like that. And love, you don't treat someone you love like that. You just don't. And so I hope I am going to do a part two where I'm going to talk 
um, a little bit more about the red flags as well as just what happened after because there was more stuff that happened even though we weren't together he was living with me for at least an additional month so even though we weren't in a relationship the arguments did not necessarily stop but more stuff happened so i am going to talk about that in the next episode but thank you guys so much for tuning in and i hope that this really helps somebody out there who's in that kind of situation that i was in or in a worse situation because you know there are worse situations out there and i just i hope my story can encourage you to please leave please find a way to leave i know it's not easy but your life will be so much better so so much better when you do and you'll be able to heal and recover your self-esteem and your self-confidence and just the opportunities and the things that you probably would have never gotten to do if you stayed with with that person will start to happen and there's just god has so much god has so much more in store for you like this is not where your story ends so please 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 if you're in that kind of relationship it's not too late to walk away And um, I'll leave some information for hotlines and just resources and tools that if you need, you can reach out to people. There are people out there who will help you figure out a plan, you know, a safe place for you and your children to go to. Like, there's a way out. There is a way out. So peace.